Estrogen in the rain. to the Whovian Review, which is now turning into the Torchwood Review. I'm Michael. I'm Colin. And while Shelby and Kelsey are out uh, enjoying themselves in Egypt, we decided to do something a little different for y'all. Indeed. We've gone through a portal. It's it's not just through space and time this time. It's a whole other dimension. Welcome to the Torchwood Times, folks. Whole new series, whole new uh, podcast spinoff. Yeah, exactly. So, any rate, so we decided to go ahead and uh, watch the episode, Everything Changes, which is the very first Torchwood episode. Now, Torchwood, um, of course, is a spinoff of Doctor Who, where they took um, one character, Captain Jack Harkness, and put him in charge of an Earthbound kind of alien investigation team. Now, interestingly enough, before we get into the episode itself, I should mo- should make sure that you understand that Torchwood, if you take the letters of Torchwood and rearrange them, they actually spell out Doctor Who. Shut the front door. <laughs> they do. It's an anagram. So it kind of works up pretty well. My goodness. I, I like that. You know what? I, I really uh, like, like this uh, opening into it as well. I, I feel like this is a good premise. You know, but I think there's there are high expectations here, especially for Doctor Who fans um, coming into it. You know, just Doctor Who is an epic show. It's been on forever. And I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the first real spinoff. Yes. Um, you know, in a different way. So uh, I think you're coming in with a lot of fans that are expecting certain things. And, and I do think this is a curveball in uh, how Doctor Who has been portrayed before. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's definitely ties to Doctor Who. For instance, Russell T. Davies, who did, uh, who wrote the, and was basically the showrunner for the first four seasons, and then the David Tennant specials, is the creator, showrunner, and writer for Torchwood, uh, season one. Um, And, matter of fact, he goes on to do most of the other seasons, too. He... um, also had a lot of the same uh, people behind the scenes that worked on Doctor Who do Torchwood, including Mur- Murray Gold, who does the music, uh, which is kind of point, a good point, because uh, a lot of the music might actually sound similar to Doctor Who in some ways. But it's, it's a great way to tie the, this new show in with the original. Um, the only, I think the, one of the obvious differences when you first see it is that this is way more adult. Yeah, it is. Like, already it seems a little bit more dark, you know. I think um, the Doctor, his, his weapon is really just his mind, his kindness, you know, and a sonic screwdriver at most. And I have the feeling we're going to be seeing um, some more of the darker sides of alien technology and, and weaponry here going forward. I think we already saw 
Um, you know, maybe some of the reason why the doctor shies away from some of this technology, um, you know, <laughs> to some degree. You know, you don't see him bringing out the resurrection gloves very often, although, you know, I'm sure he'd, he'd be exposed to it. But uh, clearly, you know, it, it can uh, be a little bit maddening, take you, you know, to push some ethical boundaries. Well, if you think about it uh, later on, and this is much later on, but we've already podcasted on it, Peter Capaldi's episode where um, where he kind of brings back a certain character, which will remain nameless just for those who oh, haven't I, I think yet. I'm remembering this. Yes. Yeah. Um, he brings back to life another character without a heartbeat, and that kind of uh, really works well with... Uh, it kind of goes along the same lines, what we were just saying. But yeah, this is this is totally different. We we start off with this in this episode with a character named Gwen Cooper, who um, is played by, and I'm looking it up as now. But I should know this by now, but it's Eve Miles, of course. Um, and she did actually uh, star in a, an episode of Doctor Who: The Unquiet Dead. So there's that tie oh, right nice, there. But more continuity, exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's ties with Gwen Cooper's character to that episode that we'll get to later. Um, but I mean, it's just that it's kind of nice having her kind of be the central focus of this episode because she is the one that we're kind of seeing the whole episode through her eyes. Right. And it's the, I think it's the perfect perspective to open it up because, you know, you're a cop, you're somewhat in the scenes, you know, how you like to think people would be dealing with problems, you know, in official capacity. Um, but then, you know, some secret organization waltzes in. Torchwood, what's that about? Special ops? Forensics? Um, who knows? But then, you know, you're there witnessing them revive a person back to life and have a conversation with him. Um, <laughs> questioning him about his own death. Which is quite eerie in of itself. It is, especially when they actually, when Jack goes to ask him, what did you see? What was, uh, what happened when you died? And his last words, or maybe his second last words... Um, or I saw nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. And then it goes black. Talk about dark. Yeah. Um, so it definitely sets a, a different tone for the show just from uh, out from the gate. Um, and then we really get to see Gwen Cooper's journey into discovering what is Torchwood? What is this all about? What did I see right there? Um, well, also, I, honestly, that, that wasn't the biggest shock, was it, you know, for her before she actually met up with the Torchwood team? It's probably not. Yeah. Uh, well, What's so it? The, the weevils, right? Um, yeah, the weevils. She kind of has this scene with, with where she's not quite sure what this person is, but she thinks it's some guy in a mask. Um, and of course, he kind of eats <laughs> this innocent bystander in, in a hospital ward, and uh, she's she can't take that off her mind. And she, interestingly enough, is that the murders that she's been investigating have a lot to do with with Torchwood too, So it's kind of like, a, it's, it's a long discovery of, okay, where, what's going on with these murders that are taking place and what's going on with this weevil character, which is obviously an alien from another world or another dimension at least. Um, and so it's, it's quite fascinating through her eyes, trying to find out what Torchwood is and what they're doing. And obviously, Captain Jack explains it best by saying, okay, yeah, we are an organization that's beyond the police, beyond the even the United Nations. We actually uh, take all the kind of garbage that's left behind from the alien worlds, uh, which really doesn't seem like garbage, but try and use it, um, try and figure out how to use it and also use it to better... Um, 
humankind for the 21st century. Yeah, I, I love that. It's a beautiful way to go about um, and, and see it all unfold, too. Because, you know, she ends up walking right into Torchwood not soon afterwards with a couple of pizzas. Uh, sounds like they were going to mess <laughs> with her there. But um, you got a full view of, you know, aliens, of different technology, you know, perception filters. Um, and, you know, hearing about, you know, these rifts, you know, that you have in, in time and space and other issues with them, uh, with things coming through them. Mm-hmm. Um, a jumbled up space that she seems to be living with, living in already, but didn't really understand the full implications or true origins of it. Exactly. And uh, she finds out very quickly that there's a whole team down in this kind of underground dwelling underneath Cardiff's kind of main capital area. Uh, this gorgeous uh, waterfall that they that they show in, in an episode of the Ninth Doctor's Doctor Who, um, they they kind of had this underground secret lair <laughs> with, with a pterodactyl flying around, nonetheless. But uh, it's really cool how um, she ends up kind of going down and learning about what Torchwood does and where they all are at, and then she has that conversation with Captain Jack where he's like, "Well, we we get all this this." space stuff and all this alien technology uh, but we don't take it out and of course we see <laughs> everyone taking e- it out every every single person taking it out exactly and yeah. that's just it's just so funny so you've got um Susie who is kind of um I don't I don't remember what Susie was I mean, uh, she had, she's the glove harbinger yes yeah, she's the one that is really interested in the glove and the tech and and kind of works with the technology on a more I think physical level, as you know, ends up being our, our villain in the story. Ultimately, ultimately, she does. You've got Toshika Sato, who, of course, is um, a Doctor Who we see in the fourth episode of Doctor Who. Right. I, I remember you pointing out that we, we had seen her before. You know, when we uh, when we went through that episode, just not too long long ago. Yeah, and actually, she was kind of an intriguing character in that one. Um, she, of course, was the one that was dealing with that pig creature that the Selene had kind of put on earth and she she comes back as a full cast member for torchwood which is kind of nice um and then you've got owen harper dr owen harper as he wants everybody yes, to know yes. he has this very own love potion or very least a <laughs> lust potion exactly definitely a lust potion that was kind of interesting um and they all seem to be obviously they're all taking it out of torchwood and against captain jack's wishes um we are introduced to one other character, of course, which is Yonto Jones. He's kind of a, he's a little bit more minor other than the fact that he kind of really is a computer expert and hacks into Gwen's computer after she's been um, given memory a wiped. Yeah, memory yes. wiped exactly, kind of like uh, a Men in Black kind of thing. Yes, but in, in a more of a, um, a, a drugged way, I, th- I think, than you know, some sort of a, a blinking neural flash. And I felt like there was an urgency with the way that they they did it, where she's typing it onto the computer. And, of course, everybody's probably thinking, no, don't type it, write it. That's what I was thinking the whole time. But, of course, I knew what kind of show that I was watching. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I knew the implications behind it, so it wasn't fair. But but even still, you'd think you'd take out your phone as, as fast as possible in that moment. Well, uh, even you know, the phone of... probably could be hacked. This right, right. We're just saying, like, if you if she doesn't have the pen, the pencil in her purse, or can't can't grab it first, you'd think you'd do it right there on the spot when you're in the streets, rather than 
waiting till you hope you get home alone, uh, get home safe and are awake and can recollect everything at that point. Exactly. But here's one interesting part, though, is that she was drugged, so she probably wasn't able to really comprehend what she needed to do, but also typing is way faster than writing it out. So if she's drugged, she may not have been able to write too much. She did write the word remember. Interesting. And so maybe she found that she wasn't able to actually physically write, so she just tried... Handwriting looked pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> That's not, true. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not grading that department myself. <laughs> just a thought. I mean, I don't know. But it's... Um, but she definitely had... She had it in her mind. She, of course, then goes through the night pretty much awake not try, and, and going through the next day trying to figure out what... Where was I? What what have I been what have I been doing? And why is everybody talking about Jack Harkness? Who I have no idea who he is. But it, but then she sees the murder weapon mm-hmm. that that um was that, that's meant used. for trading. Exactly. Memory. It was used in the three murders that she's been doing, and she of course remembers seeing it. because um, as Jack says, the you you have to be pretty bright. You have to be pretty smart to uh to remember that kind right. of right, or, or Susie says, yeah, that Jack says. So I guess it's a little, <laughs> a little hearsay through through her well, words. Well, that's true. Good point. Um, but yeah, she she pieces all of this together, and and somehow she knows instinctively what spot to go back to. Exactly. Um, you know, even though that wasn't a clear visual memory for her, but it was more or less like she was drawn there. Had a confrontation with Susie, who spilled the beans. You you saw, um, you know, her take out a, a gun at, at one point too. Exactly. Um, you know, in this confrontation, because Susie feels like she's already pieced it together, or she's about to. I'm going down because I'm I'm responsible. Um, but yeah, she was driven by this, um, the power of resurrection and the promise she felt that it held to actually go and and seemingly murder people um, just for the use of of testing. So pretty dark again yeah, yeah. and and i don't know if that's necessarily true evil i know i mean it's evil in the sense that you're obviously killing people for your own for your own yeah, it's very uh, it's very anti modal values at least you know it's exactly. very ends justify the means type of thinking where well, very nazi yeah i mean in her mind you know you could see that Oh, even if I kill them now, if I if I kill enough and it gets good enough, I'll bring them all back. You know, there's there's a lot of potential justification um, that could be running through her mind. Yeah, exactly. But I, I loved. I, I laughed out loud actually, just like with <laughs> Jack Harkness just rising um, right out of the elevator space, you know, through the perception filter. <laughs> I think that was actually one of the most interesting technological things that they had. Yeah, they yeah. Had the perception filter. Which really wasn't, it was more of an accident because, as Jack puts it, the TARDIS was sitting right there. Right. <laughs> so it's perception, he just calls it a perception filter. But yeah, just that whole sequence just of him rising up, just so epic. Yeah, it is. And um, I just love, like, then just realizing it took me a second myself, but like, they don't necessarily see him. <laughs> Apparently, Susie can see through it now at this point. But um, it, I thought it was a, a great moment, you know. Right, even right to the point afterwards, the jacket shot in the head. You don't see a lot of that, and you know, Doctor Who quite so no. blatantly, or, or at least with a uh, um, true blood. But um, it, it was a it was a really nice way to also bring in Jack's immortality. 
Right, which of course we learn about um, uh, in in Doctor Who itself. Right, An- another continuing element, of course. The whole exactly. character is exactly. Um, but yeah, this is this is where it kind of becomes more explained um, his ability to come back, um, and that's. And then, of course, Gwen has the most awesome uh, location for her job interview to join Torchwood, because obviously when Susie leaves, there's now vacancy, which kind of sets it up nicely for what's to come for the rest of the season. Yeah, perfect timing. Like uh, that's, that's the way I think you should all um, do interviews, you know, coming from a corporate recruiter. Bring them in for a whole day, get them in the scenes. Make them deal with the hardest subject matter. <laughs> See if they remember you. Right. Prove, prove in the field rather than, you know, on paper or in a conversation. <laughs> I like the sequence where Jack says, you're not going to remember me. And that's just kind of a shame. <laughs> that was fun, too. <laughs> and Jack just had... The thing about Captain Jack is that he was such a well-beloved Doctor Who character that I think Russell T. Davies knew that he had a, a winner there. He was the right one to build the show show around because you know, exactly. frankly, you know, Jack has a lot of charisma, but I think it can rival the Doctor at some point. So there, there can be some tension around it. You know, I, I feel like he needs his own spotlight and own supporting characters, and I, I think it's looking like this is what uh, Torchwood is going to be all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Torchwood. Um, it dives into that. It, it dives into Jack a lot, but it also fo- focuses a lot on all the other major characters. Um, we're also introduced to Gwen's um, boyfriend. boyfriend. What, uh, what is his name? Reese? I think it's Reese. Um, yeah, who has the stupid thoughts that there's psychic uh, tropism from terrorists that are causing people to think of Cybermen and seeing aliens. He's just a kind of your regular guy who is just kind of like, okay, whatever conspiracy theory I can dream up, I don't really care. I'm just going to say it. Right. He, I feel like he's going to, I don't know, maybe he'll have a more pivotal role and, and step up and step into it, but I, I could see him just being used kind of as a foil for um, everything else that is happening in London that is so abnormal. He could be kind of that normal thread just to be like okay there are some people just walking through normal day life (laughs) yeah pc andy actually is also uh, a character that we were introduced to who's the um gwen's partner and he comes back throughout all four seasons i believe um for uh torchwood so Mm -hmm. that's kind of an interesting little snippet right there not that he's a major character in all this but uh, in this particular he keeps coming back he keeps coming back He's that, that small role character that you got to have just because he's the one that Gwen can say, this is really messed up stuff here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just... I think what made this episode vastly different from Doctor Two is probably the direction that it went in, in terms of the overall look, the feel. It's much more grand in terms of the sweeping uh, Cardiff shots of yeah, the whole city. Yeah, especially you have Jack like, standing on top of a building looking like a superhero, and they do like a full 360. Exactly. You know, seemingly having like, some, some drone-like footage. Especially yeah. with that coat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really does have a cape, more or less. I've always wondered if John Barrowman actually was standing up on that building, or if they actually had a stunt double in there. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, a green screen moment or something. <laughs> I, it might have been. I don't think it was. I think they actually had somebody up on the building. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. 
You never know. All right. Well, what do you think? What? What? If you had to rate this, since we're well, since I have to, since I have to rate it, um, <laughs> I, I suppose I'll go about and, and give a rating. Um, but you know what? Um, I, I enjoyed this. This was a good episode. But honestly, some of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who are a little bit more dark. Um, you know, have a little bit more potential for um, different turns and uh, interesting uh, kind of plot developments. And, and I don't know if there was, you know, a big solid plot to this other than introducing us to a story. But I, I think it was a, a great origin and a great opening uh, to a new show. Um, as I said before, I think Jack gets to shine here, and he gets a, a new cast of people that um, I think all sound like they have some gray areas um, to their background, um, which I appreciate. But I think it's it's a great way to set it up. I'm excited to see all the different alien technology, um, all the different uh, time timey-wimey and spacey-wacey things that come our way for the future. So <laughs> I, I think this is a great opening episode. Um, to get somebody excited about a new series who has already been a Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, th- this is going to get an 8 out of 10. It suckered me in. Um, I want to I watch more, and I, I think I'm going to continue. Excellent. Uh, the f- it's funny that you said 8 out of 10, because I was literally thinking of the number 8 as just before you said it. Um, yeah. And that's actually going to be my number as well, because um, it, like like you said, this was kind of a... A dynamic episode, it kind of, it it shocks you into the world of Torchwood. And it just makes it simple. I mean, it's not a a complex plot, although it it can appear that way to some people, I suppose. But I mean, it's more just a character-driven piece. It, It really dives into who are these characters? What are they like? Obviously, uh, Toshika is more of a brainiac who really is interested in reading and, and learning and, and is a true scientist. Whereas Owen's probably, even though he's got his doctorate, is obviously interested in the more lustful sexual side of things. Um, and, uh, and, and it doesn't matter who he's with <laughs> in this particular episode. He's like, okay, I've, I've got this woman. Now I'm going to take her home. Oh, his her boyfriend's right here. Well, I'll take him home too. Some kid, kinship with Jack. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, but, I mean, it's just... I guess in that situation, <laughs> I kind of called for it anyway. Um, but, I don't know. I just... It, it's a great way. It, it's, a, I think, probably the best um, storyline that they could have come up with to have a spinoff for Doctor Who. And I would say, from from my perspective, for all the spinoffs of Doctor Who, Torchwood is definitely probably the best. It, it definitely dives into areas that Doctor can't, um, just because Doctor's more of a family-oriented show, whereas this is definitely the adult. So there you go. Eight out of ten from both of us. We both agree. All right, we're, we're on the same page. Which doesn't really... <laughs> It doesn't have much of a discussion part, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's... Well, that's it good. I feel validated. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Might as well, right? May as well. Anyway, you all have a great uh, time of it. We're, we're waiting for Kelsey and Shelby to come back from Egypt. It's going to be another two weeks, three weeks, actually, before they actually are on the podcast. Yeah, little little while coming, but thank you guys for joining us. And, you know, feel free to tell your friends about us, your family about us. 
Um, you know, I, I think you could even go out there on the Facebook, give us a little like, a share. Um, we would certainly appreciate it. But um, we'll be back again with some more shenanigans, you know, maybe even sooner rather than later. Who knows? Yeah, matter of fact, better tell some other Doctor Who fans about us. That would definitely be a good idea. That makes sense. <laughs> anyway, have a good night, y'all. Bye. Bye.